Welcome to the Trauma-Informed Witch Podcast, where we'll talk about patriarchy, mental health, creating money and abundance, and how to live a life that feels rich and that is rich. Let's go. Amazing. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing well. I went to the dentist, so the left side of my face is frozen, but oh. I can still talk. It's just a little, feels a little. That's weird. a it commitment, like, my friend. That's a mad commitment. <laughs> it just feels like my lip is like super huge, even though it's not at all. But I'm super excited to have you here. So why don't you start by just introducing yourself to people who don't know you and know your work. Yeah, um, hi everyone, good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are. I'm Judith Gatan. I'm a master certified life coach and personal stylist, and I help women love and dress the body they're in right now. No diets or spanks required, sort of the shorthand. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so my first question for you is how did you become a style genius, a style coach. I don't think this is your first career. So maybe tell people a little bit about your journey to come being a coach. Yeah, um, I was originally went to school to be a fashion designer. I have a minor in fashion design and then um, got some criticism from a professor <laughs> and mm. couldn't handle it. And mm. my aunt and my loved ones and my family members were like, you are really smart. You get really good grades and you really good at arguing. You should be a lawyer. So I became okay. a lawyer. Wow. And how long did you practice for? What kind of law did you practice? Yeah, um, I did different types of law during my 11 years of practice. I resigned from full-time practice June of last year. So I'm heading towards wow. full-time as a coach for a year in June. Yeah. And what, what led you to the switch? Like you're practicing law, maybe it's not totally your passion since you studied fashion design like tell us about that journey how did you find coaching decide to make the switch yeah I mean it's so funny the way I found coaching I had a client who I at the time would have said was a difficult client god bless her and she was like you know, I'm going to become a life coach. And I was like, that's not a job. What is what, <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Um, so I, of all things, instead of Googling, I Pinterest searched life coach podcast and found um, the life coach school podcast. <laughs> and okay. then it was like a cynic and like, un, like just a non-believer, I guess there's a better, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but um, kind of ran around pulling all my colleagues, like, do your thoughts really cause your feelings or is that some bullshit? And like hoping that they would, you know, join me in my cynicism. And they were like, no, that sounds kind of accurate. Like that, that makes sense. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And then I found my coach. I got coached by her um, in a small group. And then I met Carl Lowenthal, who is a former lawyer and got right. coached by her one-on-one -on -one. and we created the first version of my program together when I was coaching with her one-on-one -on -one wow. because she was like, Hey, you know, you could just make stuff up and you could take all the things you love, like helping women, encouraging women, style, vintage fashion, all the things and make your own brain baby. And that's sort of how I landed up here. Like a few years later. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So it started super cynical. You were like, I just want to know what this problem client is like doing. And then, <laughs> and then it ended up with you loving it and, and pursuing it. So let's start with talking. I mean, we've already started, but my next question for you is I want to talk about how style and confidence go together and how we can, because I first heard you on Brooke Castillo's podcast. And one of the things that blew my mind and really shifted something for me was talking about getting dressed for yourself. Yeah. Because I have kind of, you know, I've been on all different kinds of journeys with my style. And one part of my journey was like 
fuck the patriarchy, fuck getting dressed up for men. I'm just going to wear like dirty ass sweatpants because I don't want to participate in the patriarchal blah, 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 blah. And with that podcast, the thing that shifted was like, oh, I can get dressed for myself. Yeah. I can put on clothes that I like, that feel good for me, that make me feel confident. And that was like a shift in my journey of being like, oh, it's not like I only get dressed for the patriarchy and for men. (laughs) You know, it's like I either look hot, but it's not for me. It's for somebody else. Or I just like dress very you know (laughs) in shitty clothes like there's another way so maybe tell us a little bit about that yeah no and I I love like because I think this is a normal reaction to like being socialized as a woman to believe that you have to dress to attract the male gaze or just you know even be pleasing to your female friends so you can keep them like there's so many fun etiquette books from the 40s and 50s I collect them where a lot of style is about like attracting other people to you and keeping them in your sphere. Right. So I can, I think it's a normal reaction once you kind of want to deprogram all of that to be like, fuck this, you know, pendulum is going to swing the other way. I'm going to dress as janky as possible to prove that I'm not part of this system. And I get that. And I appreciate it. And, you know, there's books about the bikini complex and the beauty tax that women have to undergo just because they're women. So I do respect that and I understand it and I validate that experience. But with my work, I I believe the beautiful thing is you get to decide what all of this means to you. And you really, this is about your relationship with yourself. Like clothing is so much fun to play with. It's amazing. But ultimately style is an expression of your thoughts and your feelings outwardly like reflected. So you can think stylish thoughts. You can think Mm -hmm. of style as a feeling or an emotion that you can drop into. Like you get to play with this however you want. And then therefore from that place of thinking stylish thoughts or feeling stylish, you get to pick out whatever you want to wear. And for some of us, that's going to be like something that is more traditionally quote unquote feminine leaning or masculine or a mixture of both or all of the things and we get to play again, but we let it be fun as opposed to this like really serious thing that sometimes like fashion is versus style, which is truly personal. Right. Yeah. My, you're like making my brain think in a different dire- a bunch of different directions. But like, one of the things I'm getting is like, it's a creative project. Yeah. Like, we are artistic, you know, and I'm not. It's funny, because I have been kind of going on my style journey. And I am not a natural like visual. I'm not a visual learner, you know. And so I literally have to have like a Pinterest board and be like, okay, this is like, before I go shopping, like look at the Pinterest board to be like, what do I like? Cause otherwise it's, it's not a thing that comes naturally to me, but I love this idea that it's like, this is just a creative expression and we get to play and we get to, you know, I, I believe that true feminism is women and all genders really doing whatever the fuck they want. Yes. 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 I'm here for that. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you want to have plastic surgery, fucking do it. If you want to wear no makeup, do it. You get to choose. And you know, one of the things that I did learn from that podcast episode was like, how does it make you feel? How do your clothes make you feel? Yeah. And really like what feeling do you want to drop into before you even go pick out the clothes? Because I think sometimes we think the clothing in and of itself is the magic part. No, the magic is the woman wearing the clothes, the human wearing the clothes. We're the magic bringers to that equation. It's never the clothing in and of itself. So 
the beautiful thing we get to play with is what feeling do I want to feel on purpose before I go pick out my clothes? Because that's going to inform your choices. Do you want to feel sexy on purpose today? Do you want to feel confident? Whatever version of that is for you. Like, how do you want to feel and create that on purpose and then go pick out your clothes? It's a much easier experience than trying to get the clothes to create an emotion in you. Let it be a support. It's a supporting cast member, but you're the leading lady here. You're the one in charge. Yeah. Talk more about that. I've heard you talk about this before. So tell, tell us about auditioning clothes. I love, <laughs> I love this concept. Yeah, it's it's like I think it's one of my favorite things to talk about because I always think of like you're the leading lady, the leading man, the leading person in your story. So all the clothing is just a supporting cast member. Some of them are going to make the cut. Like for this chapter in the story that we're telling for this act, this is what we're rolling with. And some things are just not going to make the cut. Doesn't mean anything about you or your body or this moment in your life. It just means these particular clothes didn't make the audition and that's okay. That means it starts to put the onus on the clothes to be what you need as opposed to you trying to conform your body to the clothing. And I think if just all of us could wrap our arms around that, we'd have a much easier time shopping, much easier time in our bodies and our closets. Things would just be so much easier. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from Stacey Bayman is like, Anyone can be your coach and you can be coached by anyone. And so I had this amazing experience of like getting obsessed with the voice. And I was like, Gwen Stefani is my coach. Like, this is so cool. Whenever she was like talking to the contestants, I'd be like, she's talking to me. And um, she obviously has a, a very iconic style. And she was working with the people on the voice to not only find the song and the lyrics that fit with them, but like the style. Yeah. And I feel like I could, you could tell, and you know, I'm very like an energy person. Like I'm not a visual person. I'm like a feeling energy person, but there were certain, you could tell when someone, when the outfit was like a click. Yeah. And when yeah. they just felt like, a million dollars and totally themselves in the outfit versus sometimes on the voice it seemed like there was just some stylist who was like you should wear this and they didn't like it or whatever it like fit their body type or and it was often you know the younger contestants who are like 17 they're like don't know who they are yet right so they're probably just like whatever the stylist tells them they're like, okay. I mean, I'm sure there are some 17 year olds who are totally locked in. But I remember a couple where it was just like, it didn't feel like a click. And it didn't feel like they loved the clothes or the clothes weren't. It was like, it can't style can be your insides coming out on your outside. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't watch the voice regularly, but I love that Gwen was doing that because I think like, and you kind of referenced it in um, the story that you posted is like, I think everyone deserves that magic moment. And for me, the magic moment is like, and you can see it um, no matter what gender you are, there's a little something that happens when someone has an outfit on that has clicked, like their body language changes. You can kind of see them look at themselves like multiple times. There's like a little wiggle action that happens. Like even the dudes like step back and they're like, do like this whole little bit. It's like so fun to watch. Cause it's like, Oh, that's the magic moment right there. Like something clicked for you where you've become this version of yourself that you had envisioned in your head, now you're seeing it outwardly reflected. And I think that is the most delicious thing that can happen is when your insides match your outsides and vice versa. And it all feels like, okay, this is me. I feel like myself. It's so good. So good. Yeah. And the, literally the coaching that Gwen just gave over and over to like person after person was like, be yourself. What is unique about you? What is unique about your style? What, you know, going into the whatever voice room with all different kinds of like jewelry or clothing and like, what are you drawn to? What do you want? And like, don't try to fit, don't try to be me. 
you know, don't try to yeah, like so good. have the Gwen Stefani style, like be you. And I feel like that was such, and, and when you do like, even now, when I think about like celebrities, it's like, they do have, I don't know. It just, I, I feel like a lot of celebrities, part of their journey is finding out who they are and then like leaning into that. Like, you know, Billie Eilish is like fucking Billie Eilish and Gwen Stefani is Gwen Stefani and Ariana Grande is Ariana Grande. And it's like, you find what fits for you. And that's part of, giving the gift that they give to the world of their energy and their voice and their songs, but also like this artistic style part. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is like it, it changes. So like, even if we watch Gwen Stefani's transformation through the decades, right? Like her style was never static. Like as she has grown, as she's come into her own and when she went solo, like we can watch her clothing transformation over time. So it was never like she was one thing. Like Lady Gaga is a great example oh of this, God. right? Yeah. Like, over time, we see their style evolving, they're coming into their own, their confidence changes, like, all these things we see it develop. And I love to tell my, like, students in my class, like, hey, guess what, guys, like, we come up with your style statement for now. But as your roles change in life, as you hit a new decade, as whatever is changing for you, as your body changes you get to reinvent this, you get to do it all over again. Now you have the tool in place. So, like, wherever you are, just know, like, we're not trying to pigeonhole you. And I think that was the old paradigm is like, you're mm. classic, you're bohemian, you're blah, blah, blah. And it was like, as if this was some static thing, as opposed to something really much more fluid, depending on how you felt, depending on where you were, like, we could create a style and define it for you that's way more delicious and amazing and moves with you as opposed to being a static thing that you have to like adhere to as a rule for the rest of your life kind of thing. Right. And depending on the day, I like there might be some days where you might just want to go to your go-to outfit that you always feel great in because you're like fucking busy and you want to feel good, but you don't want to be super creative. And then other days or there might be like, you know, it comes in seasons where you might be like, oh, I want to play with this. Oh, I want to try this new, like, makeup. I want to try, you know, like, there might be other times where you feel creative and playful and you want to experiment and, you know, maybe even wear things that it's like, okay, I'll never wear that again. Like, yeah, like, I mean, depending even where you are in your hormone cycle might dictate how you feel like getting dressed or not. And Ooh. honoring that, like, okay, you know, for this week of the month, I'm probably going to have a little more testosterone. I'm going to be feeling myself. So I'm going to wear, you know, X, Y, or Z. And then, you know, as I transition to different, you know, levels of hormones, I'm just going to honor my body and whatever it's doing. If I'm a little more bloated, I'm going to wear things that accommodate that. If my breasts happen to get bigger or deflate, like I'm going to, I'm going to work with it. And just really honoring that part too is again, back to like, this is about your relationship with yourself. This is how we build confidence. We're just really paying attention to what's going on with you and like flowing with it, whether it's your style or even just wearing clothing that fits you depending on the time of the month and where your hormones are. Like, I think it's all part of it. And it can be really cool if you start to really tune in and pay attention to your body in this way. Yeah, I love that. I just had, I had Maisie Hill on the podcast. So we were talking about um, menstrual cycles and all the things to go with that. And I, I never even thought of that. It's like, yeah, when you're ovulating, if you are someone who's currently menstruating, like, maybe you want to strut. <laughs> You know, when you ovulate, maybe was saying like, when you ovulate, like you walk further distances because like back in the day, we wanted to like have sex with someone who wasn't your brother or your cousin. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and so like, you know, we're just in such a different place than versus like 
when you are menstruating, it's like, I even think, because I'm such a feel person, I'm like, oh, maybe when I'm menstruating, it's like, time for the cashmere, time for the, like, bamboo, like, the soft, <laughs> cozy, you know, texture. Yeah, like, texture will be more important to you during that time than when, you know, you're ovulating and you're shredding and maybe texture is not so big a deal for you. Like play with it like learn these things about yourself by just by paying attention like hey i like things that are a little cozier during this period of time doesn't mean anything's gone wrong or that you're a slouch or a frump you're just working with your body and how it's feeling yeah and i'm totally in the place too where i'm like i want to be cozy and i want to look good and how can those things go together like how can i find pieces that are comfy but that I love the way they look too. Like it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Absolutely not. And I think for so long, we've all been sold the idea that like beauty is pain and we have to make some sort of uh, like discomfort sacrifice in order to look stylish. And I just don't think we need to believe that anymore. That's an old rule we can do away with. I think the most stylish thing you could do is wear clothing that fits you. Right. Like just minimum requirement. Like this is the stylish thing you could do is wear clothing that fits you that you don't have to mess with or like tug and pull or like do any of those things with. Like that's one of the most stylish things you can do for yourself. And then build up from there. But minimum requirement going forward, like if you could just commit to yourselves, dear listener, <laughs> clothing needs to fit you. Out of yeah. an act of love for yourself. Yeah. So talk about um, you know, if you have some clothes in your closet that don't fit you, maybe they're too small, maybe they're too big. What are the first steps people can can do when they're in that situation? And what's the reasoning behind it? Yeah, so a lot of people just like, get rid of it, get rid of it. I think that's too harsh. You've kept them for some reason, whatever those reasons are. Um, that's why you have coaches to kind of sort the, the thought part out. But from a practical standpoint, I do recommend you just get the clothes that don't fit you out of your line of sight. So we're only walking into our getting ready space full of things that we can actually wear. Because otherwise we're setting ourselves up for a difficult getting ready time. That's how we start our day. Like just remove those items from your line of sight. Now you might find that while you have a lot of clothes, very little of it actually fits you. So it's just good to get it out of your line of sight, store it beautifully, clean out anything that's janky, meaning like holes, stains, elastic is shot. If it's gross, like we actually get rid of those items. We can't even donate them. Um, but the what remains that's what you have to work with. So a lot of times my clients will tell me like, I have so many clothes. I'm like, well, you're probably only wearing about 20% because probably a huge chunk of your closet doesn't even fit you. So if we can eliminate out of your line of sight, what doesn't fit, we're setting you up for a smoother getting ready experience. We're actually working with what you do have and it'll inform us of where the gaps are in your wardrobe so that we're shopping intelligently. So, like, there's so much that we can learn from just removing the stuff that doesn't fit. Yeah, and it's almost like in the summer, you know, we, like, put away the super heavy winter stuff. And in the winter, it's, like, confusing if you have a ton of dresses, like, light, you know. It's hard to find the right thing when you have a bunch of stuff that you're not wearing, even just based on the season. So it's just like, okay, store that. And then you kind of can do an easier audit of what you have. And it's going to be faster to find the pieces that you do love because they're not buried. Exactly. All these other pieces. So like you're going to make your getting ready process like so much less drama, so much faster with so much more ease because you're working in reality as opposed to a ton of clothes that you're never actually wearing. Like it's just a mind fuck the second you wake up. And I just, I want women to stop doing that to themselves. <laughs> like right. give yourself a break. You have like, for most people, they've queued up their to-do list. They're worried about the humans that they love and their fur babies and what's going on in the world. And right. 
And then you go to your closet and you have to weed through 5 million things that don't fit you. Let's just eliminate a little bit of the things on your plate by just removing the stuff that you don't want to mess with out of your line of sight. <laughs> Dear God, do yourself a favor. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I know that you sometimes coach people on starting with our underwear drawer. Maybe if people are new to the style journey, they're like buying in, they're like, yeah, I want to I wanna wear clothes that I love and that feel good and make me feel confident. Maybe talk about the starting point. Yeah. And I, I think this is where like sometimes in like style or fashion, we think we have to do like the movie montage, like share and clueless. And, like, there's like a whole outfit overhaul and all this stuff that needs to happen. And sometimes the simplest, most impactful makeovers my clients have had have started with like undies that fit bras that fit. And even in my challenge that I do, Style Clarity Challenge, the last time we, we actually ran the numbers, the average number of bras that were tossed out because they didn't fit was 12 bras. Wow. That was the average. So it means there was, there was a number that was much higher than that that just happened to be the average, right? It was 25 pairs of panties that were tossed on average. Because they had holes or because they didn't fit? I think it's a combination of both. It was like every, all the panties became period panties or like they were just janky with holes and stains or they just literally didn't fit. And again, you think you have a lot and you actually have very little because most of it doesn't fit you. So one of the beautiful like ways to just start this process to get a quick win with, you know, sort of less expensive, like, road into a style journey is start with panties like literally like find out like <laughs> all the janky gets removed that's the first pile mm -hmm. the second pile is like the good ones right every woman i know is like i've got the good pair <laughs> well like let's figure out what the good pair is why mm. is it the good pair mm. what's what's good about it so that we can replicate that if something's off with it, then that kind of informs the next thing we do. So just tracking, like, what's the good pairs? If you have a great pairs that you're sad and disappointed when they're not clean or available to you, that's going to give you some information as well. Like, then you just go purchase the ones that actually work for you. Um, and it could be granny panties. It could be full booty panties. It could be a thong. Like, we don't have to judge what the size is, the style, the shape. We just want something that works for you I love because that. that like that win alone is going to boost your confidence. You're not going to be distracted all day, picking out wedgies. You're not going to be distracted trying to like get things out of your crotch. Like we said it, we forget it. We go about our business, which is really what again, style should be. It should support the leading lady. If it's not supporting you, it's distracting you. It's got to go. So like just an easy buy-in build a relationship with yourself that you're going to honor your body's needs that you're going to invest even in small ways. Like the, the return on investment and in buying new panties is huge. Even though it sounds kind of silly and really simple, it can be a game changer for so many clients and it has been. Right. So just whatever your favorite pair, whatever the pair you love it when they're clean and you're so excited and you definitely wear them maybe on date night or, or they're just super comfy, get 12 or get 10. Exactly. Like we don't need a ton. We're going to wash them. We just right. need enough to support you throughout the week. Um, and I do have a guide. It's called the Bye Bye Janky Undies and Bras Guide to help you diagnose like common underwear fitting issues, bra fitting issues. Um, and you could check that out at my website, judaskatan.com forward slash doctor. Um, and that'll send you right to the the guide. I love that. Okay, for the podcast, we'll definitely put that in the notes for everyone. But that's one easy way. And I'm so into this like incremental growth concept yes. of like, I know like the Marie Kondo method is like you take everything and you put it in a pile and you just look at all your clothes and you feel the immensity of your clothes or whatever, which 
feels like super overwhelming and like I don't have a full weekend to fucking just like deal with my closet. And I I took um Shira Gill's closet makeover course a couple of years ago and I love that she was like 15 minutes. Do yes. one drawer. 15 minutes, take everything out. Yeah. Throw out anything that has holes or stains or, you know, is like broken in some way and then just put it like wipe out the drawer and put it back in in a nice way and then you know you're kind of adding this other layer of like what's your favorite pair get a bunch of those it's a little bit of an investment but also you wear underwear every day this is not like some piece of clothing that you're gonna like say wear twice it's like this is our bread and butter. This is like touching one of the most intimate parts of our body. Invest in that and just see how you feel. And then maybe you're inspired to look at t-shirts or sweaters or socks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great starting point. And you're right. It's, it's closest to the most intimate part of your body. You know, I pull my people kind of in a tongue in cheek way, but like, what's your oldest pair of undies? And sometimes we've got ladies who are like six years, you know, pair their underwear are six years old. I think the longest I've seen is 17 years. And I know wow. we're kind of giggling. She was like, I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but 17 years. So like, you know, on average, it's less than 17 years, but I've seen it all one year, six years. So we keep these things for a really long time. It's worth investing in. Right. Yeah. What's what's the next step? Say someone like buys in, they do their panties. What would you suggest would be the next step? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely I would say bras next. Um, bras are their own kind of interesting baby because of people's relationship with their breasts. Um, so I do suggest getting some help with that. <laughs> um, and it's something I do for my clients I actually shop for bras for them because it can be so fraught. Um, but bras would be my next, or if you're not like ready to do the bra thing, like you said, go to the thing that you wear the most often next. So if you are rocking t-shirts regularly, go clean up them t-shirts. If you are rocking jeans regularly, let's go through your jeans. Like, Whatever your next most worn item is, I think it's the next natural place to go clean it out, create a list of what you need, and then shop for what you need. You can build an amazing wardrobe one item at a time without doing these giant overhauls Marie Kondo style or these huge like marathon shopping sprees. Most women I know hate shopping and they don't like making giant messes that they have to clean up. So well, let's do this in pieces, slowly, intelligently, lovingly, gracefully, <laughs> like all of that can be done. Yeah, I love that. So I also want to ask you about your book. You wrote a book. It's called How to Be a Fucking Lady. Tell us how you came up with the title. What was your inspiration? Why people should get the book? I want to know everything about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, <laughs> so the, originally, the book was going to be called um, Not Your Mama's Charm School. And I went to a writing retreat with Brooke Castillo. And it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience. And I was telling her about the concept of the book. And she was like, no, it should be How to Be a Fucking Lady. And I was like, oh, my God, that's genius. So Brooke actually gave me the title of my book, which is really amazing. Um and I think she was spot on. I think the, like, the name just sort of like nails it. And the idea is to take old modern charm school, you know, concepts from like the 40s and 50s, things that now are kind of cringy and a little barfy, and turn them into, you know, a modern approach with a feminist lens in a way that empowers women and encourages them and then woven into this sort of modernization of etiquette and charm school rules is a lot of stories about my grandmother and um, mm. just how incredible she was and how intelligent she was and all the wisdom I got from her, the really hilarious, crazy things, both her and my mother say, like there's a whole part in there about um, <laughs> my mom saying not to let people hump your leg. <laughs> 
Okay, you have to tell the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> the editor read that. The notes I got back were so funny. Like the editor's like, I've died laughing. Like I've had to reread this several times so I could like really work on the grammar. This is like so funny. And the idea is not to let people like get advice from you for free. Mm. Like people who keep like coming back to the well and like are not reciprocating. Like they're just there to hump your leg, like a yippy dog. That's super annoying that you can't shake mm. off. Um, and this was in the context of like business relationships and how to communicate properly and how to be a good mentee. Like, so uh, there's context to this. <laughs> so it's like, don't hump like other people's legs. Yeah, don't go humping other people's legs. Don't um, just like, yeah, just like graspy, wanna like, you know, just be like, tell me what to do, tell me everything, tell me everything, give me a few minutes of your time, give me a few minutes. It's like, okay, well, what's the, what are you going to reciprocate in that coffee. dynamic? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't need coffee. I could have a chat with you, but I don't need coffee. Yeah, it's just so like learning to be a better like reciprocator in those dynamics and those relationships. So, but like, there's tons of funny stories about both my grandma and my mom um, in there because they're an integral part of the type of etiquette and charm. I learned every, every woman is raised with some, you know, depending on her family dynamics, some rules about how she should show up in the world. And we get to rethink all of that in addition to whatever society hands us. So, um, it's fun. It'll make you laugh. Like there's some sad moments, but the book will make you laugh just because my family's hilarious. So there's a lot of my family in there. So it's like part memoir, part style, part feminism, all the things, part entrepreneurship. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So like, think if you, if there was an old school charm school that you'd go to, but now, you know, your like feminist auntie is teaching it. That's what right. the book is like. <laughs> right. I love that. And I did want to, this is kind of a nice segue. I did want to talk about entrepreneurship and maybe if you have some advice, I know some listeners of my podcast and people in my community are kind of, what I would call like witchy entrepreneurs. They're like Reiki masters and herbalists and mediums and, and kind of entrepreneurs, what I would call like not by choice. It's like if there was some corporation that hired mediums, they might put up their hand and like go work there. <laughs> but I don't know about that corporation. Maybe there is, but there aren't very many. So they're kind of on this entrepreneurship journey because they have this gift or this thing they're passionate about, which you did too, right? Like this fashion and confidence and all of these things and feminism, all these things that you love. So as someone who has transitioned to like working full time as a creative entrepreneur, what advice could you give to people who are on that journey? as well. Yeah. So my sister is literally that kind of entrepreneur. She runs a large Facebook group called Spiritually Saucy. Ooh. And she reads tarot and she um does some like medium channeling work. So this is like I have conversations with her about this all the time. Um and I adore her and you know, the one thing I talk to her about often is like there's value in what you do because I think that when you're gifted in that way and you're given that kind of gifting like you think you have to give it for free like you you're mm. sort of required as like part of the price of the gift is to give it away for free and I'm like no like I don't give coaching away for free like this like this is not any different and I need you to like see the value and what you offer so a lot of our conversations around really center around that. So if, you know, if any of you are self-prescribed, like a witchy entrepreneur, like just because you were given a gift doesn't mean that you have to therefore give it away for free. There's value in what you do and we can assign a monetary value and that's okay. Yeah. Like, like really just like allowing yourself the space to be like, and that's okay. I haven't done anything wrong. It's not going to be taken away from me because I'm now charging for it, which I think sometimes is what, is what happens. Like, no, like you're allowed to charge just like coaches, just like psychologists and psychotherapists. <laughs> like it's all a gifting. 
like teachers, they charge, like it's all a gifting. You're allowed to charge for your services. I think it's the biggest impediment sometimes I see to the like creative and our witchy friends. Like, yeah. Artists too. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's in the, that applies there too. And I would say even it's a disservice if you aren't charging because people don't, you know, we live in a capitalist society for better or for worse. This is the reality and people don't value things they get for free as much as they value things that they pay for. And like, you know, how many times have, you know, I, I have an, a, a, a personal example of just like some coaching advice I got from my business coach, Simone Soul, where like, I paid her a lot of money. So when she said it to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Whereas like, it was kind of standard business advice. I had probably heard it a hundred thousand times on podcasts and other like free mediums. But when I paid her the money and then she was like, do this, I was like, okay. Yeah, enjoy it. It gives a different like energy around it because you're showing up differently to that dynamic. So, I mean, how many of us, if you're an entrepreneur, like has bought like a course you never did? Like there's a graveyard of like DIY courses that were like $97, $37 right. that were like, we, we just pissed that money in the wind. <laughs> like it's very different when you're like, okay, no, I'm going to give a little bit and it hurts a little bit. And that doesn't mean it's more valuable. It just means that you're putting a little more skin in the game. Like, I mean, there's plenty of courses that are expensive that don't deliver. That's a whole different conversation we could right. have. But when you decide, you know, this is going to hurt a little, it's going to stretch me, it's going to require something a little bit more of me, you show up differently. Totally. Yeah. And Simone even talks about it as like payment is a spell. When we like when money, this like physical energetic thing that is money goes from like one place to another place, that's a spell that you cast. And and something different happens after you do that versus, you know, if Simone just gave me that advice for free because she wasn't charging for coaching, she decided I'm just going to give all my business genius away for free. I don't know if I would have taken it as seriously. Yeah, no, it just brings a different, you put a different import on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, this is so good. I'm just going to check our time. Okay, we have a little bit of time left. So, yeah. What, let's, let's go back to style and confidence. What other tips, tricks, this is your zone of genius. Tell everyone everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All the things in 10 minutes go. But I, I do like, if I can impart anything before, you know, we finish this discussion is to really just start paying attention to what it is you want to do, what it is like you've been longing to do. You think like, mm. if only when I fill in the blank, make enough money, lose weight, put on muscle, like whatever the thing is that you're putting things on hold for, like, what would it be like if you just allowed yourself to start dabbling now, like whatever the thing is. So if it's clothing, if it's a shade of lipstick, all the jewelry, tiaras, whatever your pleasure, boo-boo. Like what if we didn't wait? Like we just started dabbling. Like one day this week, I'm going to go full out in this thing that I've envisioned. I'm going to wear all the jewels, <laughs> whatever it is. Like really starting to acclimatize yourself to the idea that you can, you totally can, you can give yourself permission and two, nothing bad happens. Like for the most part, people kind of don't notice or they're cheering you on. Right. Yeah. 
And the fear of the haters, whoever they are that you've been worried about, it doesn't really materialize in the way that you think. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I feel like one of the most powerful things ever is like dabbling. Yeah. Because I guess I have like, I probably have this like all or nothing mentality that I'm like, fight, you know, fighting against by dabbling. But like, because yeah, it's like, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I don't have time or I don't want to invest thousands of dollars in my wardrobe to get the dream wardrobe, whatever that would be. But what if I get this one piece? Like, what's the next Kind of, I think Oprah says, like, what's the next right thing? If you just yeah. did one, if you tuned into your in- intuition right now and just took a couple deep breaths and asked, like, what's the right, you've been, like, listening to us talk. We've been talking about all these different things related to style and confidence. What's the next right thing for you? Yeah. Like, if there was a big, giant box of dress-up items, uh-huh. <laughs> like, what would you gravitate towards and pick out of that box? And we're not saying pick all the things out of the box. You don't have, there, No overwhelm is required. No perfectionism required. You're not going to nail it all the time. But what if you just allowed yourself to go play? I'm going to pick yeah. one thing out of the play box, the dress-up box today. Yeah, I love that. I used to work at the summer camp and we had what we called it a tickle trunk and it literally was a dress up box with like, you know, like lace and spandex and like bright colors and gold. (laughs) And we would also like go to thrift stores and just buy ridiculous like 80s you know, glitzy things. And then we would have these like camp, campy type parties where it was like a safe space to just wear whatever the fuck you wanted and whatever. I love that so much. I love that it was called a tickle box. Like, I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, that was like my late teens, early 20s. And that kind of went away and it was you know it was connected to like in some ways heavy drinking which like is not no longer my thing um but yeah it's like why why did that go away and it it was such a magical thing to be like we're going to a party go to the tickle trunk where (laughs) like what's the most ridiculous hilarious Thing that's going to make you laugh and the people around you laugh that you can wear and then at a certain point I was like I'm an adult now ah, okay <laughs> you know and we would all during that time too we would all have our own like personal tickle trunk pieces that we didn't put in the trunk they were like ours you know like it's like I have my reserve of like <laughs> my I love that so much. Like, what would that be like? Because I think at heart, adults are still toddlers who need playtime and naps and snacks and our hair done and our outfits picked out for us. Like, not much has changed. So, like, even just reinventing that on purpose. Like, hey, I'm going to buy a bunch of random shit and throw it in the middle of a room and invite some friends over and we're going to play. Like, I just, I love that idea. I think it'd be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta re re bring the tickle trunk up. Actually, there was someone who I saw pop up was like, I don't know, Marie. I don't know if you're still there, but she's like one of my tickle trunk sisters. We used to <laughs> wear that stuff together. So it's so fun and silly, and like I love this idea. I feel like it's like getting the patriarchy, like pulling it out of your style. <laughs> just like what if it was just for you what if it you know there's so many things about adulting that are just like not true 
necessarily where it's like oh I have to be serious and I have to be taken seriously yeah no we can we can infuse some fun on purpose yeah like let what if what if we just let this be fun again yeah and especially if you're an entrepreneur like I get it if you've got to go to corporate you can still have your magic moment and your magic outfit that works for corporate but like if you're an entrepreneur you better be wearing like whatever the fuck you want because that's what's going to attract your people. That's what people are going to be like, oh my God, look at her. She's making me laugh or she's so sexy or she's, you know. Yeah, I mean, go full RuPaul. Like, I just thought of RuPaul when he said, like, girl, you better work. Like, yeah. this is your opportunity to just let us be fun. So, yeah, I mean, if you've taken anything away from this conversation, friends, like, just let this be fun again. Let it be lighthearted again. Ask yourself, what would I love? What would I want? And allow yourself to go there. Not every day if you're not ready. Just pick a day of the week where you're going to allow yourself to do whatever your version of the tickle trunk is. Yes. Yeah. Rebirth. We're rebirthing the tickle trunk. Yes. <laughs> so good. Okay. So everyone listening, you know, if you're on IG, make sure you follow Judith. Follow me. If you want witchy, trauma-informed stuff, that's my thing. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, Judith, tell us, like, all the ways people can find you, your podcast, how they can work with you. Tell us. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So you can find me on IG at Judith Gatton, J-U-D-I-T-H-G-A-T-O-N. You can... Listen to my podcast, the Style Masterclass podcast, or you can learn more about my Style Masterclass program where we deep dive into all the things we touched about today, actually, um, and just go to judithgatan.com and click on the work with me button. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time and your genius. And I feel like re-inspired, even like I feel like I was like on this style journey, but there was like still a little bit of heaviness to it. So I feel like you just like lightened me up and we're like, no, more fun, less. Yes, I'm glad I just picked some stuff off you. We're just going to get rid of that girl. Yeah, just get rid of it. less like getting it right <laughs> and more like fun and silliness and playfulness. So thank you yes. so much. Can't wait to see how that unfolds for you. Keep me posted. I will for sure. I'll send you selfies. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. If you resonated with this episode, I want to offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love. Or get their first paying clients in their dream business, and if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book. 